Hey, this is They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. And today, we're going to talk about the infamous 1995 Source Awards. The craziest night in award show history, I think. <laughs> okay, let's get started. Let's do that. So, back in 1995, at that time, we had the Grammys, American Music Awards, all these typical quote-unquote mainstream award shows they really weren't showing much love to hip-hop at that time and this the source awards basically filled a void that was needed for hip-hop to get its recognition because we weren't getting it from outside so it needed to be done by somebody that was on the inside to recognize the greatness of hip-hop because it was still kind of seen as a passing fad at this time it wasn't taken seriously the Source magazine was like the Bible of hip hop at the time. So their word was golden on the streets. Yeah. So hip hop artists would really want to be recognized by them. Yeah. I mean, they, people were trying to get those five mics reviews. So imagine <laughs> getting like an award from them. Exactly. Right? Well, um, you see how it took the Grammys a while to even add a rap category. It was like the late 80s. Yeah. But even so, they were giving it to artists like Will Smith, right. Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff and Tone Loke. And, you know, while they have their place in hip hop history, too, you know, they definitely represented like a certain type of rap. Sort yeah. Of like the safe, softer, mm -hmm. uh, shall I say. And you even see to this day. To this day! That the nominations and categorizations of not only rap, but like R&B music and just basically, you know, black music in general is still confusing. Yeah. Like they still can't seem to get it right. And so definitely back in the mid to early 90s, we definitely couldn't expect something like the Grammys or the American Music Awards to even be able to award and recognize the, the artists and groups that the community in actually liked and yeah, cared about. Yeah, it's funny that we watched the Source Awards and we were waiting for the Source Awards because now people are being recognized by their own peers, mm -hmm. but yet there were still biases involved even with oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, at that time, it was kind of a culture war going on in hip-hop music where if you were outside of New York, Mm -hmm. New Yorkers did not really care about what you were trying to do, which is weird because it's not really different sounding like sonically. The music sounded a lot like what was happening in New York. Uh, I disagree there. It sounds different. Well, at the time. Yeah. So we're talking 86, 87. Oh, OK. I thought you, we were talking the 90s. No, no. Mm -hmm. Still early. Mm -hmm. Like the sound of N.W.A. was really sample heavy. And it sounds like an East Coast record, but they're talking about gangbanging and police and <laughs> L.A. stuff. Right. Because everybody was trying to be like what we're hearing on the radio. Because at that time, when I was growing up, basically you would hear 10 different rappers mm -hmm. within a year. We didn't know what other things were supposed to sound like. There were no real regional sounds at that time because we only had 10 rappers to choose from. And I understand it. Like, hip-hop was created in New York. It was built up in New York. They were really protective of it. Right. But at the same time, you got to let people get in on it, too. Like, they were hating for no reason. So it was really difficult for people to get heard. That kind of created the conflict where you got all these people from the South and Midwest and the West Coast like, well, if you ain't going to play our records, fuck you. And that's where the animosity started to build. A slow build of... Mm -hmm. East Coast bias hip hop saying we don't like what you guys are doing and everybody else is like, well, we need to be in here too. open the door. Let us in. So the first Source Awards, the actual awards show was in 1994, but it wasn't televised. Yeah. But 
There are some clips online, so we know it was wild from the first one. <laughs> it sure was. Apparently, Sticky Fingers was feeling a little underappreciated. They got nominated a few times and didn't win anything, so he decided to literally fire his gun during um, the song. was like, bust your guns or something. Yeah, throw your guns. Throw your guns, and he literally did. He shot the ceiling. <laughs> did you watch the, the video? I did watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled out a gun and just let off like five shots, and nobody flinched. Nope. That's just part <laughs> of the performance. So you definitely knew... This is not going to be something that you would see at the American Music Awards. Not at all. <laughs> the Grammys. I mean, this wasn't televised, so I'd never seen it until now. But you have sort of, I guess, the stage set for the type of um, environment it's going right. to be. And then you have that East-West stuff brewing mm-hmm. before the 95 Awards. Yeah. Like the 94 Awards had that moment with Onyx. Mm-hmm. And you also had the incident with Tupac coming out, performing out on bail in the middle of Tribe Called Quest accepting an award. <laughs> yeah. The music just starts and he rushes on stage and they're like, the hell, <laughs> we're getting <laughs> yeah. an award here. So that basically set the stage of what was going to happen in 96 and moving forward. 95. Or yeah, 95 mm-hmm. and moving forward when it comes to the Source Awards. All right, so let's talk about the 95 yes. Source Awards. Then. So the first, second annual awards show for The Source. But first time first, being on TV. Yeah, first time it was televised, so I definitely remember watching this. So who were the major players that were coming into the show? Definitely Biggie, since yeah. they were filmed in New York. It was Biggie, Puff, mm-hmm. and Bad Boy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Death Row camp and whatnot. And Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang was big at the time. Nas had just done Illmatic mm-hmm. in 94, so he was nominated that year. He was nominated, but as you watch the show, you see that like Biggie was kind of taking all the shine. Everything. And winning all the uh, awards and stuff. Everything. So it's funny to look back now and see that because you remember Illmatic as being like, it's held up as a classic. Right. But at the Source Awards, where they're supposed to recognize these things. It wasn't. <laughs> he was overshadowed, so. <laughs> Was, it was like you almost forgot he was there. <laughs> I did until yeah. I was reading an article and Questlove was saying that how he was sitting behind Nas and for all the stuff that he was getting nominated for and losing, he said he could see Nas's spirit just being broken right, right then. Well, they came out big. The show started with a medley from the quote the inmates of death row <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is was ended up being a big medley from all death row artists yep. they had this prison set up basically yeah it was <laughs> like a, a cell block and all the death row people were in each individual cell i was reading uh, an interview with the creator of the show uh, dave mays i yeah. think his name is he founded the source yes um, and he said, I had to double check my numbers, which I forgot to do before recording, but I think he said that the death row folks spent like a hundred thousand dollars on this uh, stage setup. And, uh, it's an interesting use of a hundred thousand dollars, if you <laughs> yeah. ask me. But you know, at the time, maybe, you know, you weren't seeing this kind of stuff. Yeah, right? that's true. So they had the whole cell block set up. Yeah. And then Dre comes out first and he does keep the heads ringing. And this is Dre before he looked like an action figure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was in transition at this point. He wasn't skinny Dre from NWA. He's regular big dude. Yeah, he was just big Dre. now he's like an action figure. (laughs) Yeah, he's a superhero now. And before we move on, uh, did you notice, well, you really couldn't see it because the quality of the video is mm -hmm. so terrible. 
but in one of the cells was a cutout of Tupac. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, because he was in jail at the time. Right. Uh, he hadn't officially signed with Death Row yet, mm-hmm. but they were in negotiations. Mm-hmm. So they okay. had a cardboard life-size cutout of him printed up at Kinko's mm-hmm. and brought, <laughs> and he was in one of the cells. Okay. Like, there are screenshots, if you Google it, you right. can see the outline of him just standing there. But in the video, it's just so bad, you can't really tell. <laughs> but just hearing from people who were there, they knew. So they had all the, the death row faves, so Dre came out first, yep. and then Daz and uh, Corrupt. Corrupt, and then every crew got to have one girl, right? So Of course. Uh, Lady Rage comes out with her Afro puffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost died seeing Nate Dogg coming out to Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was singing Ain't No Fun, but the, but the instrumental was, was outstanding, outstanding by the Gap Band. <laughs> What's funny, though, is, and I'm sure you notice it. Mm-hmm. But as they're coming out and performing, nobody in the crowd was moving. Everybody's just sitting there staring like, get off the stage. Because, again, this is filmed in New York. Yeah. Just put Biggie and Wu-Tang on the stage. Yep. That's what we're here to see. <laughs> like, everybody got a eh, response from yeah. the crowd except Sam Sneed. When he came out and did recognize, it was like, oh, we like this. Like, the Sam one, Sneed? The one person I didn't know. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, Sam Sneed, of all people, gets the response. Not I, Dre. <laughs> not the dog pal. Yeah. Sam Sneed. And then you get DJ Quick performing. Oh, oh <laughs> I, man. I okay. want to dedicate this to my fiance, MC8. <laughs> I had to rewind that because when I first heard him say it, I was like, oh, isn't that nice? Like, I'm thinking he's literally dedicated it to his fiance. I was like, maybe he's <laughs> engaged at this point. And then what's hilarious is, you know, everyone's trying to perform sort of like TV friendly versions. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to perform this song as is. I'm going to let DJ Pooh just do the little record scratches every yeah. time he cusses. But, you know, the best line, one of the best lines of the song was, you know, giving your set a bad name with your misspelled name, E-I-H-T, shall I continue? You left out the G because the G ain't in you. And then they roll to the, the, the credits where they announce who's there and MC8 is there. <laughs> yeah. Not only was he there, if you go back and look at these yeah. performances, everybody's kind of working the stage. He's as looking a performance. at him. Isn't he, he was looking and pointing right at <laughs> MCA. I saw him do that while he was performing, but I thought he was just working the crowd. No, he was talking <laughs> to MCA. He walked right to the front of the stage and pointed at this man and talked about him for two minutes. And I'm certain that he decided to perform that song just because he knew he was going to be there. Of course. That was no accident. And we can't forget about um, Snoop's dramatic ass entrance. Yeah, with murder was the case. Yes. What's it called? A gurney? It's like yeah. the thing they strap you to when... Um, You're about to go to the electric chair. Right. And then he rises up from it like he's that... What's that wrestler? The Undertaker? <laughs> the Undertaker, yeah. <laughs> they come rolling him in on this slab. But he did get the biggest response of everybody. He did. I mean, you know what? At that time, I was heavy into New York East Coast rap. But I did listen to Doggy Style. All the time. Doggy style and Warren G. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we'll tell this story some other time, but she's probably the biggest Warren G well, fan. Well, at the time. At the time. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still, I like Regulate the album. I still yeah. listen to it, but I was a big Warren G fan, which is funny because, again, like I was saying, I was huge East Coast. So right. 16, 15, 16 year old me watching the Source Awards was like, yeah, <laughs> Wu-Tang and all stuff. Like, fuck Death Row. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's how we opened yeah. the award show before they even rolled the credits or anything. Mm-hmm. We already starting off with some controversy. Yes. 
All right, next up after that, Outcast. They're nominated for Best New Artist. They give the list of people who are in the category as well as Bone Thugs and Harmony, Smith and Wesson, Ill Ill and Al Scratch. Scratch? How? (laughs) Ill and Al's. At the time, Where My Homies was big. That's one song. It was, but it was big enough to get them nominated. Again, remember, there weren't as many rappers around to choose from either. I guess. So of that four, some Bone Thugs, Outkast, Ill Al Scratch, and Smith and Wesson. Right. You got Kid from Kid and Play mm-hmm. and Salt and Pepper announcing and Spinderella and Spinderella. Actually, I just want to note something. Okay. Um, you know how their their biopic just came out recently, and right. there's like beef with uh, Spinderella saying how she was left out of it, left out of the project. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, Spin was standing off to the side the whole time. Yeah, it was just yeah. the two of them and Kid talking, right. and she was just there. And then Salt and Pepper were like, "Oh, remember when we were we used to be uh, whatever their old group name was?" Yeah. And then Spin jumps and she's like, "Well, that was ten years ago, so y'all need to let that go." <laughs> <laughs> she just spent the rest of the time just off to the side, looking sour. And so it's just funny, like now knowing that they you know had some issues, right? That that looks so awkward. <laughs> she's but just standing. There. I'm sure I didn't notice at the time. No, who would? <laughs> All right, so they announced the nominees. Yes, and of course, it's smattering of applause when some people are mentioned and Mm -hmm. boos when others are mentioned. And they open the envelopes. Sidebar, these envelopes, I don't know if you noticed it when you were watching it. It's like they were stapled, welded, and glued shut. Nobody could open (laughs) any of these envelopes. Oh, I didn't even notice. So that added to a lot of the tension, too, because the nominees or the winners weren't announced immediately. Mm -hmm. And that was another one. They finally rip it open and all of them are like, outcast. Uh, it was so. And then you hear boo. Yeah. They instantly got boo. <laughs> and it sounded like maybe it was the booze, but it also sounded like I feel like I could literally hear people say no. As you well. probably could. Because I'm sure they wanted Smith and Wesson. It was win. so underwhelming. Like you've never seen the presenters be so underwhelming. Yeah. It's one thing for the crowd to boo, but the presenters were like, and the winner is Outcast. So they come up on stage amidst all these boos and jeers yeah. and stuff. And you can see in Dre's face from the time he oh, gets up. He is heated. That he was heated. He's clapping aggressively, stalking the mm-hmm. stage like a panther. It's like, I hate everybody in this room. And you see um, Big Boy is trying to be diplomatic. Yeah. He's all like, I know, I know we in New York. I know we, you know, we're in your house. And he's trying to like say thank you, but also like I get why you guys probably want <laughs> right. someone else to win. But then Andre's just pacing back and forth, clapping aggressively. <laughs> the most aggressive clap I've seen in a long time. Yes. It wasn't, oh yeah, we won. He was like, I hate everybody. And also like, you need to clap for us. <laughs> <laughs> right. It did lead to a very important moment for all yes. Southern rappers. He basically, what, a call to arms? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Thank God. Just, you're saying dead serious. Because if it weren't for him, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't be here. But it's like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? The closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got a demo tape and don't nobody want to hear it, but it's like this, the South got something to say. That's all I got to say. And you can tell like he was so upset because he was trying to think of what yeah. to say because he kind of stuttered a bit. It was not a happy moment for them Mm-mm. at all. And again, this is 18 minutes into the show. And this is the reception they get 
winning right <laughs> new artists of the year they're getting booed and now we look back and they're possibly the greatest hip-hop duo of all time right i know the show was edited and i'm not sure which order these were actually presented in mm-hmm. but just based on dre's response there was a lot of tension in that room right. because you just look at the crowd and nobody's having a good time at all so I don't know if it was how they set up the audio equipment, but throughout the entire show, you can just hear just the crowd noise. Yeah. A lot of like. While people are on stage trying to present yeah, awards. Presenting awards, announcing awards, performing, anything. You can just you hear can people just, talking and yelling. It was just like, like it, you can you can feel the tension. Yeah. I'm surprised no one got hurt that night. Just looking at it from our view, it's like everybody in that room was mad about something. <laughs> yeah. Whether they're from the West Coast and the South and they're not getting recognition. Yeah. You got the people from New York and the East Coast mad because everybody else is here. <laughs> like, it was a lot going on. Yeah. After this awkward presentation and Outcast getting booed and yeah. stuff, we go into a performance by the 69 Boys. The 69 Boys <laughs> of all people. They're doing Tootsie Roll. Yes. And it's hilarious. Like, they get booed when they first come out there. <laughs> People, like, get them off the stage. But what's so funny is, like, you know, it's this high-energy song. Yeah. And, you know, down in Florida and stuff, everybody twerks. A whole lot of ground humping and <laughs> yes. ass shaking was happening at this and point. And it was hilarious because you have all these, like, New Yorkers, these, you know, listening to, like, Wu-Tang, baby right. <laughs> got the 69 boys up there just yeah. ass shaking <laughs> humping the ground <laughs> ass up in the air and it just looks so out of place <laughs> yeah and what's funny about this is and everybody's just sitting down i don't everybody's <laughs> not reacting or anything i don't yeah. know if this is some creative editing or yeah. what but they cut to biggie yeah. and he was grooving yeah i mean when they cut to people in the audience you can see some people um nodding their heads and stuff i don't think it was creative editing in the sense of like he was nodding to something else, but no one was live enough to like actually get up. And yeah. Dance. So even if you're like nodding in your seat as a performer, I would imagine, especially I'm sure they're used to much more high energy audiences, yeah. right? As a performer, I think it would be weird if you're over there with your ass up twerking and everyone's just <laughs> sitting in their seat. But Biggie was feeling it though. And Biggie's <laughs> like, this is my shit right here. Yeah. But if you look, there's some footage from the 94 events when Luke performed. Although they had girls on the stage, too, so maybe that helps. Yeah, but. That, that changes things. Because <laughs> everybody was really into it. But the, you just got these four dudes twerking. <laughs> right, humping the ground. Yeah, it just makes it look so awkward. It's like, this is not Freaknik. <laughs> not at <laughs> it all. It seems so out of place. Everybody here wearing Tims and, and yeah. you over here with your Harlem Globetrotter shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a time when they were showing some crowd shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that somebody sitting there with a ski mask on? So I rewind it, and yes, it was. Not and, surprised. And then as I'm watching the rest of the show, I'm, I started thinking about it. Was like, oh, it was Ghostface, because uh, this was a, at the time when he was covering his face. Because right. when Wu-Tang performed later, mm-hmm. I saw him on the stage. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense now. It wasn't just some random New Yorker right. in the crowd with a face mask on. Well, not all the performances were met with booze, shall we say. No. Jermaine Dupree and the Brat performed after, and it was, they weren't hype but it wasn't there was no booing like people yeah. generally enjoyed it they it got was, some polite clap yeah it was non-controversial uh but jd did take the time while they're on stage to be shouting out all the southern artists that were in the crowd mm-hmm. I caught so that too. there was a lot of that just going back and forth it's mm-hmm. like if you're not going to acknowledge us we're going to acknowledge each other there was a lot of i guess 
underhanded comments. Yeah. Not necessarily like JD wasn't being underhanded in a negative way in, right. in the sense of trying to be petty. He was just like, well, if these people are not going to shut them out, then I will. Right. And, and then, at the same time, everybody who came out was like, what up, New York? We love yeah. New York, blah, blah, blah. But New York is get up there and like, right. Brooklyn. Yeah. See, I was just about to say that. It's like they all knew they're like, we got to be nice because right. we're in New York. So everybody's trying to be polite. Be polite. Like, what's up, New York? <laughs> yeah. Accept us, please. Yeah. Well, after watching the show, I've had going to give it to you stuck in my head on and off. For like yeah, two me days. too. <laughs> Wear it up. Hey. hey. <laughs> uh, just looking at the notes here. I forgot to ask you, what were you listening to at this time? Oh, well, pretty much everyone that you saw on right. the uh, in the award show itself. You know Warren G. Warren G. But again, as I mentioned already, I was mostly into like East Coast rap. Yeah. And so it was a lot of Nas, Wu-Tang, um, who else? Ill Al Scratch. Not Ill Al Scratch. <laughs> no. And I was obviously listening to a lot of R&B too. So Mary J, of course, yeah. because my life came out around this time. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that on another episode. But some really great R&B was out at this time too. So Mary J, Aaliyah, of course, right. TLC, Jodeci, yeah. Blackstreet, Janet Jackson, all this stuff. Uh, but speaking of R&B, mm-hmm. uh, they gave out the award for Best R&B Album. The, the nominees were Mary J, TLC, Brandy of all people, and mm-hmm. the nigga who shall not be named. Well, what do you mean? Brandy was big at the time. She was, mm-hmm. but looking at that list, did she really no, fit in with so. that list? I think so. Like, that album was pretty popular. It was, but the <laughs> clip that they ran for her nomination. Yeah. Was best friend. I know. I think, <laughs> like, I think it was more so, it just seemed so out of place. It did. <laughs> Because you got Wu-Tang presenting it. And, you know, Mary is a favorite amongst hip-hop fans, right? TLC, same, you know, and obviously The nigga who shall not be named. And then you got Brandy, my best friend. (laughs) This little, like, pop R&B. But she was really popular. And you see, like, she she always had a lot of, like, rappers and stuff do remixes with her, so. Yeah, I guess. I wouldn't have personally chosen it. (laughs) Well, she didn't win anyway. She didn't. And that's a good thing. My girl Mary won. Yes, Came stumbling up on stage. <laughs> With her all white. Yeah. And of course, her signature boots. Mm-hmm. She was in her auntie phase back in 1995 <laughs> at like 22 years old or whatever. Was it? It I was. Mean, because she wears these same outfits now. And we know she's an auntie now. She's an auntie now. And she was then too. No, she wasn't. Yeah, she Not was. yet. I she was an auntie in training. <laughs> okay. How about that? I'll, I'll allow that. She I was suppose. a junior auntie. That's what she was. Okay. Uh, let's talk about more of the memorable moments. I'm okay. sure you have more on your list over there. So to follow up the death row medley, of course, they had to have the bad boy. Yeah. Bad boy medley. Diddy coming out being dramatic oh, as boy. usual. He's on a, what is it, a pulpit? Yep. And he's saying his little prayer. Head down. Head can't down. even see his face. The nerve of this nigga. <laughs> let's talk about okay. this. Okay. So we were talking about how... The tensions had been building between East and West Mm -hmm. for like two, three years prior to this. He gets on this stage in front of all these people and says, I live in the East and the East and I'm going to die in the East. And he's getting up here at the end of the performance talking about, 
we love the West Coast. Mm. We love this. We love that. See, that's Diddy being petty. Yeah, like, how are you going to be, like, playing both sides right now? You see, I feel like that's Diddy being petty, just him, like, pretending to take the high road. Yeah. <laughs> and to this day. To this day! He insists <laughs> that I had nothing to do with perpetuating this East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast stuff. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you were getting on stage and doing stuff like this. And I watched a video with uh, Dave Mays, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he thought, Diddy did that in response to stuff that happened earlier in the night. Right. Well, Th- that's not possible though, because that was a produced segment while he's sitting there with his head down. So he came there with the intentions unless, of doing that. Unless Dave Mays was just saying he thought that he slipped in that line last minute, because that's something you could in theory change last minute. You could, but he didn't have a microphone. Oh, so he was just that. there with his head down. That's uh, just pre-recorded audio that was okay. being played. I thought that that was live audio. So he came into that okay. building with the intention of instigating something. So any chance he wasn't being petty at the end and that was his way of trying to tone it down? It, it's probably <laughs> the he saw what was happening in the room and was like, you know what? This might get out of hand let and me, maybe let me I just, need to bring it back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, It's some shooters out here because I'm sure they didn't have security. If they let Sticky Fingers get in the year before and shoot <laughs> guns, guns into the ceiling. Well, Sticky Fingers says security came eventually, but they let him continue to yeah. perform after he shot the guns. <laughs> so, yeah, Diddy saying that. I was like, come on, you're a yeah. hypocrite, dog. Well, with me being like big into uh, like East Coast hip hop at the time, this whole performance was especially memorable for me, more so than the Death Row performance. Um, but the irony of Craig Mack. Well, he came out first saying, um, you won't be around next year. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Famous last words. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that I love about the whole bad boy feel, family, sound, whatever, is that he really um, started, created, influenced the R&B hip hop sound. Yeah. So you have this medley where you have Craig Mack, Junior Mafia, and you have Biggie. You bring out Total and Faith and it all... Like, it doesn't seem like, oh, why are we listening to, like, quote, hardcore rap music? And then there's yeah. some R&B song. Like, it all goes together. Because, yeah. like, after Flavor Year comes on, Faith comes out and does right. You Used to Love Me. And what's funny is, like, the crowd's going wild. People are up out of their seats dancing to You Used to Love Me. Mm-hmm. Whereas when 69 Boys is doing Tootsie Roll, everybody's in their seats. Yeah, nothing's happening. <laughs> like, Tootsie Roll is this kind of song you get up and dance right. for. You Used to Love Me, you just kind of nod your head and lean. But everybody was getting excited when Faith came out and then total came out yeah and then diddy of course dancing (laughs) bopping all around Mm -hmm. i don't know if you caught this but uh what's your man's name i dare you oh Uh, um, uh, harv pierre he's walking around with the big platinum plaques it was him and then there was another guy on the stage in boxers and and tims like who is that i have that in my notes i'm like can you imagine being the dude holding up (laughs) The plaques, the and, and there plaque. was like the the notorious Big yeah. signs and stuff in your boxers. I was and trying tins. to get a good shot of whoever that was, their face, so I can see who it was. Like I recognize Harv, yeah. but I couldn't see who that was I, in the boxers and Tims. I couldn't see either. I'm like, why is he in his boxers <laughs> and Tims? I remember I really loved the uh, Junior Mafia performance when they came out because Lil Kim comes out in her little black slinky dress or, yeah. or negligee. Not sure if it's a dress or negligee. I didn't even pay attention to what she was wearing. <laughs> I was too busy looking at her little bounce that she's still yes, doing to this day. To this day! You know, when you are a woman listening to hip hop, 
there's some misogyny that you have to contend with. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit, but damn, that misogyny slaps sometimes, <laughs> It right? does. So it's always like, I think, especially when you're young too, right? You see like a girl that's part of the crew and you see like a woman holding it down with all these very masculine men. Yeah. You just can't help but love it. So when she came out and she's so tiny and she's got this little slinky dress on with all these men with their Tims and bag jeans and stuff. (laughs) And and then she just comes out. She's just like, "Eh." (laughs) you can't help but get a little excited. (laughs) Uh, Something else that just cracked me up and apparently you as well. I heard you laughing. I know what you're about to say. Uh, so they had AMG, uh, Miss Jones, and Flavor Flav announcing some award. I don't even remember what it was. Um, I have it written down. It was for Best Motion Picture Soundtrack. Okay, so they're doing the award presentation. And the first thing I notice is Flavor Flav is in a cast. So he's got the cast on his left arm, mm-hmm. but his right arm is in a sling, too. So I'm thinking, <laughs> you know what, I what didn't the notice. hell it happened to Flavor Flav? I didn't even notice the sling. I saw the cast, but I didn't see the sling. His other arm was in a sling <laughs> because that's why when it was time to open the envelope, he had to get somebody to help me. He's like, I can't open this. Yeah. I just thought it was from the cast. No, it was because his other arm was in a oh, sling, man. too. Hey, yo, check this out. I can't rip this, though, you know. I ain't went to octopus school. Help my so. man. What you do to your arm? Run to your arm, Flay. Huh? Run to your arm. You know what happened? Broke it, nickel. <laughs> and I Died. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I died when I heard that. The way that. he said it, <laughs> and the look on Miss Jones's face—he was so indignant <laughs> when he said that. She's like, "I can't believe he just said this." And then Angie did not even respond. Nope, like, not at he, all. He had no reaction though. He, he was just like, "Okay," <laughs> like, "All right, sounds legit to me." <laughs> Broken nickel. <laughs> <laughs> well, above the rim one for yeah, that one. That is when basically all hell breaks loose is when Mr. Marion Knight, a.k.a. Suge, mm-hmm. comes up on stage to accept the award, mm-hmm. the award for soundtrack of the year. Why was Danny Boy? Of all people. Yeah. I mean, I guess he was on Death Row at the time. He was. He was signed to Death Row, but of all the people to go up on stage, why was Danny Boy the second one to <laughs> And he go was up? so hyped, too. He was. <laughs> so much so that he elbowed Suge. As they're leaving <laughs> off the stage. I miss that. Yeah, when he goes through his whole infamous. I don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, coming death rock. Um, we're skipping ahead a little bit, okay. but to tie this to another story, later when Diddy comes out to present an award, he's like, well, I'm the executive producer that was talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's trying to, we don't need to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And we should get along. I love everybody. I would never right. do something like that. But I'm going to die in the East because I was born <laughs> in the East. Like, you can't be saying both of these at the same in the same show, Diddy. Come you on. know what? I think the more that we talk about it, I really think that he was trying to bring the tone down. Like, I think he was coming out with his chest out, like, I, I live in the East and die in the East. But I, I think get it. he started to realize that this might actually be dangerous. Yeah, I get that. And I understand it. But whenever he talks about this, he says that he has never instigated anything. Never. Mm-hmm. It's like, you started all of it <laughs> by saying, I live in the East and I die in the East. And I'm going to die in the East. 
Like, come on, man. Don't do that. Well, it's funny because it's like everyone was trying to, I guess, tone things down too. Because after Suge made his, you know, infamous come to death row, the next presenter for producer of the year was Sam Cassell and John Singleton. <laughs> and I'm laughing about Sam Cassell because of something you told me. Yeah, I saw a comment in the YouTube <laughs> video for this. And it was left like a week ago. And people are still calling this man E.T. <laughs> It's so rude. <laughs> it is. <laughs> 20 years later, he's still being called. <sighs> too, but, but anyway. Anyway, so John Singleton comes out and before he even, uh, you know, announces the nominees, he goes into, you know, a little mini speech about this East and West stuff. Got to, yeah. you know, all this killing. We got to stop it. And like, there's all this noise in the crowd, like the yeah. jeering and just general. Basically, I'm surprised nobody yelled out, get off the stage, fool. <laughs> yeah, like they just move. Yeah. I thought this world, we got to say something. All right. You know, we got to kill all this East Coast, West Coast, South, Midwest dissension and rap because, you know, there's a lot of devils out there that would be damned if they could ban it. And we wouldn't be having no show and not, a lot of y'all wouldn't be making no money. So, um, you know, with that, we're going to pass out the word for producer of the year. And he's trying. Yeah, he's trying. Nobody's paying attention to him. And then you have your nominees, Dr. Dre, DJ Premier, Easy Moby, Pete Rock, and then Dre wins. Yeah. When he opened it, again, wrestling this envelope mm-hmm. open, John Singleton's like, oh, shit. He actually <laughs> said, like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this might cause a problem. Dr. Dre. No, the source award, the winner is, uh-oh, we're going to have some trouble here. The D-R-E. And then Dre comes up and Snoop comes up with him and another infamous line is said. But just like with Outkast, Dre is trying to be cordial. And in the middle of this, that's when Snoop just snatches the microphone. Literally snatches the microphone. Yes. And just goes off into his tirade. What? Wait, wait, wait. wait. The East Coast don't love Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Death Row? Y'all don't love us? Y'all don't love us? Well, let it be known then. We don't give a fuck. We know y'all East Coast. We know where the fuck we at. East Coast in the motherfucking house. That's my favorite part. Well, let it be known then. <laughs> and the anger in his face. <laughs> you can just see how mad he is with his little walking stick and his bandana around his neck. <laughs> Oh, man, tensions were high. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then after that, you got the two executive producers, David Mays, as we mentioned before, and Mike, I didn't catch his last name. Yeah, somebody. They come out looking so nervous. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, what, what have, have we, we done? done? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we have started some shit here tonight. And we're what probably, what, like halfway through the show, yeah. maybe, at this point? <laughs> now, this is halfway through what's been aired, so you know there's twice as much footage and they've been there twice as long at this point probably but then um they do the life they're presenting the lifetime achievement awards the mm-hmm. eze and then he bone, just recently passed yeah and then bone thugs performs and i think that kind of calmed things down a little, For a bit. little bit yeah because bone thugs is neutral territory yeah. here uh but Something I had an issue with was in the video package they put together for Easy. I'm listening to the narrator talk, and at one point he says, The gangster Easy wasn't humbled by an Uzi or a beatdown, but a disease. I'm Uh. like, The only way for this man to die was for him to get beat up or shot? (laughs) Like, who wrote this? I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Like, that was pretty disrespectful. (laughs) 
He wasn't humbled by an Uzi or a beatdown, but a disease. Like, God damn. <laughs> oh, man, I know he was from Compton, but at least say maybe he could have lived to be old. Yeah, it might be possible. Yeah. When Bone came out, I was expecting him to uh, perform Crossroads, but then they ran through some other hits. Mm-hmm. Like, so they ain't going to do Crossroads. But then I thought about it like it wasn't done at that right. point. So Crossroads was to come later. But yeah. I really wanted to hear it. But I did get here for the love of money and first of the month. First of the month. And Bone Thugs got some hits. They do. Wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> it's the first, first of the month. Yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was like, I need to re-listen to that album. The next thing up was they were doing Artists of the Year group. But that's when you get Prodigy and Havoc announcing this award. <laughs> and they grab the microphone. Oh, it was so annoying. I'm like, my ears. And they're screaming into the microphone. And from that point for the rest of the show, those microphones did not work <laughs> at all. Tonight's nominees, you know what I'm saying, for best artist group of the year, you know what I'm saying, strong players in the hip-hop Because not only did they grab it, they actually put their hands around yeah. the mic. You know when you put it right up to your mouth? Yeah. Should I do it right now? No. No, let's not. (laughs) When you put it right up to the mouth and it just distorts the sound. It was muffled and distorted and loud. From that point forward, those microphones did not (laughs) work for the rest of the night. Everybody that came up there sounded like that. That was when I realized, oh, Nas is here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Biggie was just cleaning up. Yeah. And Nas was there losing all the awards he was nominated for. I was like, oh, yeah. Illmatic. (laughs) Remember that little album? Didn't it get five mics? One of the few five mics? It did, but it didn't win anything that night. <laughs> it sure didn't. At all. Yeah, I was bothered by them screaming into the microphone. I thought it was just going to be Havoc and then Prodigy does it too. Like, come on, people. Yes. You know better. Yeah, so Mob Deep and Nas come up to present Artists of the Year group. Wu-Tang, salt and Pepper, Gangstar, Heavy D, of course. No yeah. surprise, Wu-Tang wins. Yeah. I don't know if the crowd could hear this or if this was something more for just... uh like edited after for the uh, airing but there's a voiceover that states how the winners are determined yeah i, I wrote that down too <laughs> so it's like do the, are they just trying to prove that this was a democratic process <laughs> and this has nothing to do with the fact that the source is based in new right. york it was democratically chosen by the staff Ten thousand yeah. ballots mailed to subscribers <laughs> I mean, come on now we don't believe that <laughs> at all we know it was like six of y'all in a room and came up with these lists oh speaking of subscribers Here's a little reminder of how old we are. Okay. So in between um, like the commercial breaks and stuff, they have little commercials for right. trying to get people to subscribe to the the actual source magazine, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, back in the day, we read stuff in our hands. Right. That wasn't, physical copies. Yeah, physical copies, um, to which I have several sources. We do. Hanging around, which I like to flip through. Every just now for and then. shits and giggles every Look now and again. Look at people's fashion. So these commercials were like... There was one where you could get a free CD compilation mix if you sign up right now. They had a number, uh, actual phone number for you to call so that you can subscribe to a physical magazine and you get a free CD compilation. I was like, God damn, we're old. (laughs) Yeah, the the (laughs) commercials were amazing because there was one for Crooked Eye. Crooked Eye Juice. Oh, Boy, the the idea that St. Eyes is malt liquor company is selling juice. Crooked Eye is St. Eyes? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was made by St. Eyes. <laughs> but that commercial is hilarious. So they had that one. There was a commercial for the Dog Pound Dog Food mm-hmm, album. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure a lot of money were put into making these commercials, <laughs> but they look so cheap now. They do. Cheap and low budget. Well, just like they allegedly spent $100,000 on that cell block right. setup. <laughs> well, we're now getting closer to the end of the show. Yep. And I think at this point, it is starting to kind of calm down a bit. There's a still that bit. sort of general, lots of jeering and just kind of just general noise going yep. throughout. Again, I don't know if it was just how the the mics were set up or something because it just sounded like a lot of you, you know when you're just everything yeah you're just crowd. like in a room when there's a lot of people talking that's what yeah. it sounded like right so i don't know if that was because people were still sort of like booing and jeering but i think it was just sort of general crowd noise too. yeah but it did seem like things were kind of starting to calm down a little bit but then you have single of the years being announced flavoring year one and then actually before they announced the winner um, so it was Flavoring Year, Thuggish, Ruggish Bone, mm-hmm. Afro Puffs, and Regulate was nominated for Single of the Year. There are audible boos. When Regulate, when was, Regulate announced. was announced. Yep. Sure was. <laughs> so maybe I take it back in terms of like things were settling down. <laughs> it, the boos were coming. And I'm sure this is where you were going with it when Craig Mack won. One of his homies is like, East Coast. <laughs> yeah. East Coast. Oh, come on, man. Like, you, you finally got this room calmed down, <laughs> and here you are starting shit again. Then it's followed by performance from Method Man. Yeah, so. which was hands down the best performance of the entire yeah. show. Because it's a great song. Yeah. Method Man's a great performer. He's pain. got good energy, and he jumped into the crowd and stuff, and so everybody was into it. Yeah, that was hands down the best performance of the entire show, and makes me want to see Method Man live, which I never have. I'm trying to I think I did see him. Yeah, I saw him... Now I can't remember. I think I did see him. <laughs> well, I know for a fact that yeah. I haven't seen him live. <laughs> Christina may or may not have seen him live. Now I'm trying to remember if it was him or someone else. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Method Man. And it was like a small performance like at a club. So, right. you know, it's not a big venue. And I waited uh, till the end of the night to get a picture with him. And, of course, I was excited. <laughs> and... I heard someone call me a groupie. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, okay, what about all these men who are literally shoving me aside (laughs) to take a picture with him? (laughs) Oh, boy. But anyways, whatever. (laughs) Uh, So that leads us to the final award of the night, Album of the Year. And again, the nominees were Ready to Die by Biggie. Of course. Uh, Nas is Illmatic, Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music by Outkast, and The Diary by Scarface. And the winner was... Ready to Die. Ready to Die, because of course, Biggie was going to win every category that he was nominated in. And again, all this tension is going on in the theater. Biggie comes up with like 60 people to accept his award. And he's got a bottle of alcohol in his hand, so I guess he's a little inebriated as well. He's feeling good. He's feeling good, so that's when things start getting kicked up again. You can hear the crowd murmuring and people getting antsy and, Brooklyn, we did it. Brooklyn, stand up. (laughs) And, of course, like I said, there's like 60 people on stage with him. Like, Biggie just won. What? What you gonna do about it? You know what I think also doesn't help? Like, you had this sort of east-west tension or whatever, but you know how hanger-ons are? Yeah. Those are usually the ones that start shit. Like, you already have this thing that is brewing, and then you just have people who just kind of want to be around the action. Yep. And so they're in there going, yeah, yeah, you know, east coast or whatever. So they're kind of, like, making it worse. Uh, So that basically wrapped up the 1995 Source Awards, the second annual Source Awards. Uh, a lot of shit went down. 
a lot of historical hip hop moments happen, but this show was so out of control that they didn't do the Source Awards again for another three years. Yeah, because when I was <laughs> um, just, I wanted to watch some of the other years because I remember, you know, you see clips here and there and I was like, oh, you know, some wild stuff happened in the other yep. years as well. It's seems like the next one I see is like 1999. Am yep. I forgetting something or? <laughs> Not at all. Because uh, I had to think about it too. It was like, what happened to the rest of them? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this shit was so bad that they were like, you know what? We need some time to figure out how to actually produce a legit award show because and this was a, a bunch wreck. of dudes milling around basically yeah anytime you look at the um audience shots there's just men just milling about <laughs> right <basically>. in the <laughs> aisles yeah <laughs> people standing up facing away from the stage <laughs> like what what is going on here so they had to shut it down for a couple years before they could get it back together okay it's not so much the awards show, but I think also the year that this happened. Right. Um, I think that's also what made it so memorable because 94 and 95 was basically the, the second golden era of hip hop. So yeah. you had the golden era during the 80s when it, you know, first started, started to blow up. Yeah. But for people in our generation, when we were growing up in the 90s, like this, like 94 yeah. to 95 was like, as we already know from this show, we had Ready to Die, Omatic, yep. Southern Playlist, all this stuff. But there were tons of other good stuff that came out this year, like notable stuff, things yeah. that became classics or memorable or notable. Like we had a bunch of the solo albums from Wu-Tang. So we right. had Takao, Method Man's, Raekwon, Older D. Bastard, Jizza, yeah. all of them had their solo. Um, Bone Thugs, of course, Redman, Mob Deep, Goody Mob. Like there was Nothing but so hits. much good stuff yeah. coming out at that time. So I think that's also sort of what just made 95 in general just really special for right. for this time. And then you have all this drama at Source Awards. On top of it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap up here. Thank you all for listening to us ramble again. And coming back again. Coming back and checking it out. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, just tell one person. Have that person tell somebody else just get these numbers up we're trying to get some more listeners and followers so. and please rate and subscribe that rate will also subscribe. help uh you can check us out on the bird at troy podcast get some flaming hot tweets in your system <laughs> uh also on instagram at troy podcast as well every episode we have a playlist that we put together a companion playlist on spotify so just search for the title of this episode on Spotify or at Troy Podcast and you'll find it there as well. Yes. Uh, you can go to TroyPodcast.com if you want to figure out which one of these services you can listen to us on. We're pretty much on everything. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those. So your podcast service of choice, we're there. Got any last words? Listen to some hip hop from 1995. <laughs> Listen to some 1995 <laughs> hip hop. Uh, go check out the 1995 <laughs> Source Awards so you can see all the madness that we were talking about. We will link to it so you get the exact link that we found because there's two of them out there. One of them doesn't have commercials, one does. You need to see the one with the commercials. That's pretty much it. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. I broke my arm. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.